welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear me, Jenny Scholick, in conversation with principal dancer Doris Andre. This episode was recorded on Friday, May 15th, 2020, uh, immediately following the stream of Justin Peck's Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to San Francisco Ballet's Shelter in Place Meet the Artist Conversation. Uh, I'm Jenny Scholick, the Associate Director of Audience Development here at San Francisco Ballet, um, and I am joined today by principal dancer Doris Andre. Hi, Doris. Hello. For those of you here in San Francisco, you know that we normally do these Meet the Artist Conversations immediately before performances. And with everything in the whole world moving online in this very strange moment, we have moved all of these conversations online as well and are placing them kind of right after uh, the premiere of our weekly stream um, of a ballet from our archive, which this week was Justin Peck's Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. So hopefully you either just watched it or are going to watch it right after we finish talking. Um, I just realized, I don't know, this is not how you do interviews, but I just realized I have a painting back here that I did for the premiere of Hurry Up. Oh, look at that. This is not like, I'm not joking. Look at that. I love that. Amazing. I just realized that this is not, anyway, sorry. ADHD, here we go. It's impromptu. So what I was going to say is that Truly, next thing I was going to say is that because we are at home and doing these like this via Zoom, sometimes unexpected things happen, like paintings or like my little dog deciding to make an appearance and start barking. So if any of these things happen, please bear with us. We are doing our best. Um, Also, we will be taking um, questions from all of you out there. Uh, So if you have a question for Doris, please do leave those in the comments and we will try to get to them. So that's all my housekeeping. No further ado, we will get going. Um, As I said, we're here with Doris Andre, who joined the company as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2004, became a soloist in 2012 and a principal in 2015, and I think is really known for her versatility across all of our repertoire. So I'm really excited to get to talk with her today. Um, I interview a lot of dancers in my job, and I've actually never interviewed Doris, so I'm particularly thrilled to be doing this today. So let's start by acknowledging the obvious. Things are weird out there in the world. Where are you? How are you? How are you holding up? Um, I'm okay. I mean, I've definitely been better. It's been strange, and... I mean, there are days I think it's, it's like one week I'm like, yes, I feel finally feel better. And then the next week is like absolute depression. Um, so it really is just like, and I don't feel bad about feeling bad, to be honest with you, because it is a serious moment in history. And I feel like looking back at it, if I, if I thought that I was trying to be productive when I was trying to be something but feeling the moment I would actually feel uncomfortable with that so I think like I am happy to be acknowledging that it is traumatic and that it is very serious 
So I, yeah, or maybe I'm trying to convince myself to be okay, you know? I don't know, but I do feel that way. It is, and especially I think for dance, for me as a dancer, I'm used to very strict routine and like, and dancing a lot and like exercising a lot and also just, especially when you're being in the theater, like having that exchange of energy and performance and not having any of that, not having anything. It's very, it's very interesting. I think it's like, it's been very challenging. No, I'm going to lie. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think everything you said, just, it makes so much sense, right? That your whole world got upended by this and it's, it's real. Like that's truly a traumatic thing. It's, it's interesting. I think I've been thinking about, we always place how I, I see it way as in like, I, I place a lot of my um, identity on what do I produce. And since I'm not necessarily, I'm producing things, but for myself or to myself, since I'm not producing, and I'm not just talking about dancing, I'm talking about design and painting and all this stuff. And I think it's like the shift of identity is very interesting. Just like, the self being itself and not being just a producer. I think it's like what I think I'm learning out of this experience. Yeah, it's hard, right? Especially when when what you make is so tied up in your feeling of who you are. And like or even your the way you feel because your body usually feels a certain way. So like, I mean, day four, I was like, I don't feel like myself. And I was just like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And but then you get used to it and then you don't get used to it. It's just, it's a, it's a you know, learning curve, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, speaking of how your body is feeling, have you been dancing? Have you been taking class? Have you tried to put a structure together for yourself? What's that looked like? I think the first two weeks I was like, I'm just going to see what I want to do. And then the pressure hit and I was like, okay, this doesn't work for me. I need, I need a very... So then I got my little planner, which I have right there, and I plan every week. Sundays are off, but I plan. And it's a little crazy, and it got a little crazy at a time, but I do, I do need, need structure, because without it, I'm... And I still, I'm, and I'm going to school as well, so I ended up not even doing any of the school, even though I had all of the time in the world. So I realized I need to structure my time. So I do a little class in the morning, and then I started going for runs, but they hurt. Running is very hard. Running is really hard. I, yeah. I myself, day three, I was like, okay, this is, I can't be doing this. Um, I just been like, and then I've been just dancing around a bunch, just like for myself, not for anyone to watch, but I realized that I do like dancing. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone knows I love dancing, but I didn't realize how much I need it on my daily basis and how it just even without anyone watching, it will happen. Which yeah. Is, it's, it's a very good thing to realize. It's like, oh, yeah, I love what I do. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's good. That is a good, if we can, I think, I have felt that in some ways too, right? That this whole thing forces you to kind of recognize, like, what are the things I really need 
in my day and in my life to feel like myself and to feel good about myself. And we've all had so much time to just be yeah. with ourselves. <laughs> It's been it's been hard. I feel like I've come to realizations and I've been thinking about things that I didn't don't think I would have had the time otherwise. You know? Yeah. I think forced to not being distracted, you find things and like, you know, I think hopefully something would good will come out of this. I really do. That's what I hope as well. So I wanna um turn the conversation uh, a little bit to the past in some ways. Um, you know, I think our audiences know you quite well. You've been in the company, I just did the math, 16 years now. Um, so we've all gotten to see you. You're dancing, see you grow as a dancer. Um, I don't want to dive all the way back to kind of the very beginning and how you got started. I think that information is out there. But one of the things I find so interesting about your career is, you know, you really have come up through the company. You started in the court of ballet. You spent a good while in the court of ballet. And then, you know, were promoted to soloist and then principal. And I'm curious how that path has kind of influenced how you think about your own dancing or your own career. I, I'm very grateful for it. I think that, and I still... If I think back, one of the most fulfilling moments I, the first thing I think when I'm like, I'm a dancer, like the most fulfilling, one of the most fulfilling moments in my career was in the core, actually. It was dancing in the core. So it's Artifact Suite with uh, Forsyth Architect, and it's the whole core. The principles are not there for the last four, or like that's four minutes of the ballet, basically. And it's so powerful. And it's just like, there's one thing about moving by yourself and there's another thing about moving as a, as a unit all together. It's extremely powerful. I really, I really think that it's just like, it's just as we are as humans, right? Like you can't, like people are like, I can do it by myself. I can live alone. I, can, I don't need anyone. We, we do need people. And I think the same thing with dancing is, is it is very fulfilling to dance by yourself and to achieve things for yourself. But when you can do it as a group, it is a, it's completely different. It's a completely different feeling and it's extremely fulfilling. So I think that, that, I don't know where we were. Yeah, I think that, I don't know. I think that, and the core at the same time, is, it is the hardest by far, by far. It is so hard. And I think like, I, will, I, don't, think I, can, I don't think you can forget. I think it, it does shape you, I guess. Yeah. You, it's just, it is, you work, especially the woman, you work the most hours, you get the least recognition, and if someone's to blame, it's going to be you. I mean, it's just, that's it. And, like, you don't have, sometimes I think it's easy to forget when you're in the core that you are an individual, because you're not really given the, the you're not really given the gift of do it your way. Be, be artistic. Like, I think more and more now, because we do more pieces that, are like that, hurry up, for example. But like classical ballet and such, you have to be exactly like, you can't be like, I feel this way. Like they're gonna kill you. Like there is no way. So I, you forget as a principal or as a soloist how much freedom you have and how much freedom, freedom of expression, which is basically creativity. And that 
it is a gift. It's such a nice thing to have to be able to do on stage and off stage all the time. And when you're in the court, sometimes you forget that you can still do it. It's, it's just, I think that was the hardest part for me. It's like, I just don't know if I can be. Or I remember watching the line in Swanley turn to be in landing, being like, but what do they mean? Because it's like, your body isn't exact. You know, you, I was just going crazy trying to be in line. But that said, it does shape you. And I have some of the best memories from the court, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and you answered my next question, which was going to be, you know, was it, did you find it challenging when you then had that opportunity or actually that sort of mandate, right, as a soloist to be yourself? No, you just, I've. Thank you. (laughs) That doesn't really surprise me. That makes so much sense. More and more you start finding, like, you get older, you're like, do I need to be like everyone else? I know there is such thing as perfection and correct, but I put it like this for a reason. I don't necessarily believe in it. So, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be saying these things out loud. No, I think that's great. I think, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting, right? Like you did, you spent a long time in the court of ballet, but you were promoted to principal pretty quickly, right? Like once you were given the opportunity to be yourself in so many ways and be an artist, it worked for you. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I can be, I'm not the biggest fan of orthodoxy, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, it just those restrictions, it, they really work for some people. They don't work for me. It's done. So that's a perfect segue, actually, because I want to talk a little bit. I mean, I certainly want to talk about Hurry Up and that ballet. But I also wanted first to talk a little bit about the 2020 season and specifically um, Trey McIntyre's The Big Hunger, because that was a ballet that premiered this year. So can you tell us a little bit about working on that piece and what it was like working with Trey this year? It was, I mean, it was my first time working with him. I had no idea what it would be like. And I think I usually work with people that I think I can, I mean, critics I've known for so long that I know exactly how to, I don't know, like usually I know what they want and they usually, the more you can create for them or the more ideas you come up with, the better. And it's, you know, usually you create quite a bit of it or like you have a lot of input. With Trey, he's very actually specific. So he actually gives you a lot of the steps. So that was very interesting for me because it's you, but then I, you would you did something and like I would follow a certain way and I would like continue with a certain way. He was like, yes, keep that. And then he would continue teaching us what he wanted. It was interesting. He's very kind. And he's so big that it's very confusing to me. I don't think I'm used to big, huge men being so sweet. I'm always, I was just looking at him like, yes, but. And he was like, no, it was great. Like, and, and no, but. It's like, no, no, it was, it was really good. Like that, I don't know, it just, it's just different. And he, for people who don't know Trey, he really is like that big. I mean, he's like six foot. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fairly tall woman and I feel like, you know. That energy is so calm and sweet. 
it's almost like, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like he has to be that way to not intimidate people. Like, it feels like, like, I don't know, it's, it's fascinating. I enjoyed it. I really liked him. I really enjoyed working with him. Well, and then the flip, right, you've worked several times now with Justin Peck, who made Hurry Up, We're Dreaming, uh, which is online today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your working relationship with Justin? Someone commented um, saying that you seem to have become a bit of a muse for him and that you two seem to have a really nice relationship. So I'm curious what it's like from your perspective. I think he's, I think he's one of a kind. He's very smart and very engaging, and he brings ideas that kind of like usually I usually understand and I can take it right away I'm like oh I know what you mean with him I'm like you start like it's like watching like abstract art you start like tilting your head like what but it's fascinating and his way of movement is so different from anything else and I like his idea of perfection or what he like aims for is very attractive to me because it's not necessarily about it is classical in a sense but it's it's a different type of classicism and he's not afraid of breaking this like line in order to expose these dynamics and movements that I think are very like contemporary to who we are now. And I think it was, I think it's like a necessary approach to classical ballet from a point of view. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious maybe for, uh, an audience member who hasn't danced in a in a in ballet. What about the movement still makes it feel classical to you? Even when I mean, because like look at something like Hurry Up. You know, you're in sneakers. You're in kind of streetwear. It doesn't look that classical. How, why does it feel classical? Does it? Well, yes. Hurry Up has more steps than most ballets. <laughs> has more you know classical ballet steps than most ballets do. It's not that. It's all of the steps, for the most part, are classical steps. You can, like, if you frame, should frame it, you can, like, see, oh, passe, oh, plie, oh, plie. Like, they're all, I mean, he's, you know, he goes from New York City Ballet. It's not like he goes, he was trained at Bathsheba, you know? Like, he has, he's, he speaks classical ballet. The way he speaks it is a little different. And it's not even that different. I think it's, like, I think it's the emphasis, it's, like, the emphasis on the dynamic and on the quality of movement in, instead of on the line and like the shape, which I think, I think is very interesting because you can still have beautiful lines and beautiful shapes, but now you have added and you, you put the emphasis in the dynamic and in the movement and then you have like a much more complete piece of art, I think. I don't know. But I no, I, I think that's actually, it's, it's really similar to what I would have said about Justin's work in many ways, right? There's this difference in kind of emphasis and dynamic um, and kind of like a point of view. And yet the steps themselves, when you look at them, it's classical ballet. I think also, I think it's just, he's not afraid to do his thing he's not trying to do and like i think he's, i think i mean i've seen a bunch of his pieces and he pushes himself obviously but i think he's not trying to do like 
be cool or be, you know, I think it's, I, I'm actually, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like he can probably tell you this. And it seems like to me that he's not trying to do the, you know, be cool and be profound or be, I think like he lets the movement speak for itself, which I think is very interesting these days. Because I mean, I love drama, trust me. Like I'm Spanish, I speak drama. But I think that to have the emphasis once again in the movement and in it's instead of just putting drama to movement, I think it's, I, it's very appealing to me. Yeah, I love that. There's also a ballet that you've now performed a lot around what we've taken before. We've done it everywhere. in San Francisco. We've done it everywhere. Um, how, and yet, every time I see it, it still looks completely fresh, right? It looks... It's impossible. Like, I put it the other day and I was, like, dancing around my house. It is impossible to do that ballet without, like, smiling and, like, having the most fun you've ever had. It is one of those things that is just infused with just, like, energy and happiness. And, like, it is, it is profound. I find it profound. I find it a very profound experience dancing that ballet. But it is the most the most joyous, joyful ballet I've ever danced, I think. Yeah. Sandpaper ballet? That Even is, more so? Sandpaper is stressful. It's so like I don't think I got it right once, let me tell you. Don't let Mark watch this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not to do this one. I love that. But yeah, I mean it, you you feel that from the audience, right? Like you feel that joy come off stage right it's like you can't help but feel it it's really an amazing amazing ballet to watch even on screen but in person particularly I think you really feel that between the audience and the dancers so I have one more question and then I do actually have a couple questions from the audience so um I you know the season ended on a unfortunate and unexpected note this year but I'm curious about what some of the things that we didn't get to see you were really excited about and like that's the one thing I was actually very sad about I really wanted to do Apasionara uh, again uh, Benjamin's ballet first of all this is with Ulrico Ulrich who I love and I just love dancing with him and just same thing I love that ballet I think it's it's very um challenging physically and I like that I like going off stage going like I did it you know you know I like sweating that is such a good feeling so I do I think honestly and then R&J I really was looking forward to that (laughs) I don't know like if I think about it I actually get very sad because it just feels it's just really sad it just feels like a little bit of you a little part of you got taken away yeah. you get to experience a certain part of you a certain aspect of your personality that otherwise it's very hard to get to I think and I think it's like with those two especially I think there's like these little bits of me that I was like not even just like performing it but experiencing for myself I was very excited to have those experiences but you know at least we're safe. That's the thing. Like, any complaint we have is not. Yeah. 
Everything. And hopefully they will come back and we will see them, fingers crossed, that we will see them in the future. So um, I do have an audience question and I love it when audience questions um, correspond with things I wanted to ask anyway. Uh, but the question is from Roseanne and she asks, Doris, how long have you been painting and what inspires you to paint? And I would broaden that out. I know you have so many artistic endeavors outside of just dancing. So can you tell us a bit about them? It's right now it's full of clay instead of food. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been painting my whole life. I like it's, I wanted to be an architect as a kid. I think I've been painting since I was a kid. Like dancing came much later for me than painting. And it's interesting, like I didn't paint for a few years when I started here in San Francisco. And then I just got back to it like four or five years ago. And I, yeah, I love it. And what inspires me, I just, I just don't know what to do if I don't do it, if that makes any sense. It's one of those, it's like dancing to me. It's, it's just part of what I do. Yeah. It's a form of expression. Yeah. I'm very much a, I can talk to anyone and I love going to parties, but I do like time by myself a lot, like as in by just me. So that part of it, actually, I don't mind of the shelter in place. And I do spend a lot of time doing things like, and I don't necessarily show them to anyone because most of them are really bad, but it's not for any, it's not, it's just, no, they're not really, they're just for me. It's, I like practicing. I like, I just like getting good at it because it's, it's such an, it's such an amazing thing that you can think of something and just make it happen make a painting of it I think it's it's just beautiful do you have that same impulse to create around dance like do you think about choreography very much or do you feel like your talents are elsewhere I I mean a lot of people have asked me that actually um I think I could for some reason I haven't I also I have to say like I tried to choreograph a little solo for myself a few weeks ago, it's very hard. Like, cause I can do it further. I can help other people, right? But once it's your idea, once it's your child, it is very, you feel very naked. Cause then every step I do is like, oh, but that's a copy of this. Oh, but that's a copy of that. And it's, I, I mean, I guess that's how it is. I guess that's how you have to start. I, say, I presume, cause there is no such thing as like original really, but yeah, it's hard. It's a hard. I would like to, I think. I think eventually I would like to. This has been interesting because I've been, yeah. Having time to. Yeah. All right, I got two more questions from the audience and then we'll wrap up. Um, Michelle says, you mentioned Appassionata and she says, you brought me to tears the last time I saw it with the depth and rawness of your movement. How did you build that role? How did you kind of get to that place? I don't even think I can. Honestly, I don't think I can take credit for it. Like, I really don't. I think, like, uh, Benjamin and Jenny, who came and uh, staged it for us, it's, it, it's just built in. I think it's like, and also Ulrich is like, you can just, like, put a wall in front of him and it's interesting, you know? It's, you know, I think dancing with Ulrich creates, I think it's very natural. You just end up creating moments like that because he just brings it out of you. Um, 
and the movement quality and the simplicity and I don't know I just I think it's built in and that one is not really hard to you don't have to go like okay I have to make something out of this if anything just let it happen don't don't I try not to add to it because I didn't want to make it like dramatic mm -hmm. and I have a, like expressive face that as soon as I lift an eyebrow it becomes something so I was just like just keep it simple and let the movement speak and I think that I think that worked I think that's, that's that was the right approach to it yeah letting letting the movement and the music speak for itself yes I think it was like I don't need to add my own in this case um, and then a question from Herm, who asks, what is it like dancing in sneakers when you're normally dancing in point shoes or flat shoes? It's the best. It's just, it gives you, like, usually if you, like, it just gives you an extra, like, extra stability. So you can, like, you can experiment with, Reaching lines and reaching movements that are much more extreme because of it. You can just like your movement quality all the time is like explodes and it's like this like you see you have this range that you didn't know you had. So that's quite interesting. And I I realized I'm dancing because we don't really dance in flat shoes that much as well. And I realized I was like these men like they're that's what they you know they must be so free i get they have to lift us i understand lifting is hard and all of that but the point is i mean they're fun but they do restrict from crazy movements because you you do fall yeah, I, I mean i don't i don't think it's just you i think the you know you've got very little surface area and they're slippery and you know there's all kinds of reasons to they're hard to stand stable on I think with the sneakers, I almost like want to, it would be interesting to, to rehearse ballets with sneakers and then put the punches on and see if you can like recreate this vastness of movement and this like this quality, because I think it's very interesting how big you can actually move. I love that. That's such a cool idea. You should do that. That could be a, a quarantine project. Everybody wants to and then break the leg when I put the point shoes on. Great. <laughs> you do it in sneakers now, and then you put the point shoes on when we hopefully all get back into the studio soon. We all hope. So that is all the time we have for today. But thank you so much, Doris, for joining me for this Meet the Artist talk. Um, and thank you so much to all of our viewers out there and for your questions. Um, we hope to keep connecting with you in this way um, as long as we are out of the theater. So thank you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.